Amen. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get into the word. First Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. And I'm going to read the verse, first verse. And uh, I want you to just follow with me in your Bibles or on the screen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us. Listen to this. There's another version that says, ha, says it has regenerated us, made us over again, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Everyone say a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. I want to speak to you today for a few minutes on the living hope that's within us. The living hope that's within us. The living hope that's within me. Say within me. The living hope that's within me. So now, let us go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord Jesus, for your word. And I'm asking, Lord, that as you speak to us today, we may be sensitive to your word. In Jesus' name, I pray, God. Help us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. You may be seated. Now, I want to give you a little background on the person who is writing to the universal church. This man, as we see, he writes two letters, first and second Peter. But this man did not always think as he is writing. This man is a different man than, than when he started. This man has a new mentality. This man did not start this way. And I'm going to tell you why. Because this man, I don't even think that he was that religious. Because he was so much into his work. He was so involved with his work. So I don't think that he was that religious. Have you seen so many people that claim to be religious, but they never go through the rituals, or they never go to church, or they never uh, manifest their belief? I believe that Peter was a, a rough man by his profession. He was a man that invested so much time in what he did that he was not looking for Jesus, but Jesus found him. And he found him through his brother, not even directly, but he found him through his brother. Because Andrew was the one that gave testimony to Peter. And Peter was a man that was so involved 
like so many people today, they have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. And the point with Peter was that he believed because his brother told him and then he had some type of encounter with Jesus but did not have the revelation, the clarity to know Jesus. Let me take you back. There's a lot of people like that today. They believe the religious people now. They come to church. They go through the rituals and the ceremonies. They know exactly when to sit. They know exactly when to stand. They know exactly when to raise their hands. They know exactly when to say hallelujah, praise the Lord. But they don't have a fellowship with God. Peter was this type of man. Peter, Peter was this type of man that had the notions and so forth. Now, because of his dedication and his work habits, he gave himself to religion or to belief. He followed Jesus. He even said strong words. Wrong words such as, I'm willing to die for you. I'm willing to go all the way for you. I'm willing, I'm willing to pay the price. But talking the talk is easy. Talking the talk is easy. But it's the manifestation that proves who you are. And that is where I want to take you today. That it goes beyond just talking the talk. You and I can sing the song because we know it. Because we learned it. Because it has been sung time and time again. We go over the rituals and the ceremonies. And we can even, even uh, uh, pledge to, to pray every day. And we can commit to that. But it goes beyond just the wording. It goes to the manifestation. Because anyone can say, I love you. But not everyone can prove love. Now, Peter is a man that went through three years. Three, close to three and a half years. Of the ministry with Jesus. He talked with him. Ate with him. Walked with him. Was close to him. But never understood the fullness of it. And never became in love with him. To such a point. That he could manifest. Or manifest the, the talk. That he had pronounced or proclaimed or declared. And I want you to grasp this because if we don't grasp this, we, we can just come in here and leave empty from here because it takes more than just talking the talk or going through the routine or the ceremony. 
It goes beyond that. I've been in this all my life. I've seen it time and time again. And they thought I would not make it because I came into this at a very early age. And the going gets tough. And the road gets rugged. And it seems like you are not being able to, to make nothing out of it. Because it becomes a routine, a ceremony. So Peter walks with Jesus for three and a half years. Talks. He even washed the feet of Jesus. Yes, he did. He broke bread with him. He ate with him. But one day Jesus tells him, Peter, you're going to deny me. No, not me. I'm willing to die for you, Jesus. You're going to deny me before the rooster sings three times. You have already denied me. But you see, it goes beyond that. Today, I want you to understand one thing, that Jesus looks at our exterior, but reaches way down because he focuses in into our interior. So I can see the outside of you, but Jesus can see the inside of you. He knows exactly what goes through your mind, the thoughts, the intents of the heart. He knows exactly what you're doing, what you're doing, how you're doing, how you feel, your emotional state. He, he, he comprehends everything about you. Remember that Jesus is the invisible God manifested in flesh. Jesus came in this form just to tell you and let me know that by him becoming a human being, he could understand what the man or the woman go through. So he understands everything about us. He knows what you're thinking, how you're feeling, how into this you are. Or you're here because of mama or daddy or a friend or your wife or your husband or your family roots or whatever it may be. He knows everything. Because see, God is looking for more than just an emotional response. God is looking for worshipers. And we love to hear praisers, but God is looking for worshipers. A praiser is someone that can utter words, someone that can proclaim and declare it through his mouth like Peter. But God is looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and in truth. And that marks the difference. See, my praise has to be a response of my worship. And if my praise is not a response through my worship or because of my worship, then I'm just here saying words because I know exactly what to say. That's how come so many women fall. And I'm going to bring it out. I'm going to be real. Huh? My young man comes around and talks to the young lady, and because the woman's emotional, huh? Ah, he said he loves me. 
Oh, man, he said he loves me. Did you see that fox, man? He is a fox. He'll chew you out. But it's an emotional thing. And it goes beyond emotional. You have to be real. You have to be true. Why? Because God is seeking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit, but not only in spirit, but in truth. And that makes the difference, church. That makes the difference. So Peter is in that state. He goes through the rituals. And yes, he denied Jesus. Yes, he went against his own word. Yes, he did. But when we, when we get to his writings, he's a different man. Now Peter is not one just full of emotions. Now Peter is someone that's real. Someone that had an encounter that now that encounter produces a manifestation. And that manifestation now produces a reality. And that's the reason that now Peter can say, blessed be the God of our Father, of our, or the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen to this. Why? He's saying this. Who according to his abundant mercy, mercy has, a, uh, has begotten us again to a living hope. The only thing that we have in this belief is hope. Everyone say hope. That's all we have. Because what this word produces in us is hope. Everyone say hope. And that hope is produced through faith. Through faith. So now we're people of faith that have, we have hope. Everyone say hope. Because now we've had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And that encounter produces in us a manifestation. Why are you here, Brother Prado? Because I believe everything this book has to say. I believe the reality of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now what we see here, Paul has been renewed in a new mentality to know Jesus for himself. It's not because now he's in the midst of a crowd. No, now I'm by myself. Whether you go with me or not, I'm going. Whether you praise God or not, I'm praising God. Whether you worship God or don't worship him, I'm going to worship him. Whether you come to church or don't come to church, I'm going to be here. Uh, man, I want to applaud right now to our praise team. Right now, come on. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's hard. For them to stand up here at 7, oh, I was going to say at 7 o'clock. For them to stand up here at 1.30 and there's no one here. How do you think they feel? The praise team up here and the musicians, let's get up for our musicians. Come on. It's tough. But they do it because of a hope. You see what I'm saying? That you're going to come in. Whether 10 or 15 minutes late, but you're going to be here. Because everything we do is based on what? On hope. That's founded in what? In faith. And we have to understand this. Everyone say, understand this. We have to understand this. Someone say, hallelujah. So our minds have to be renewed. Everyone say, renewed. 
Because we're different. And Peter tells us that we're different. Paul reveals it to us this way in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12 and verse number 2. He reveals, Paul reveals it to us and he tells us, and do not be what? Conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is good, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. It's not until you know the will of God that you will get the results that God wants you to have. So what is it? So our mentality, say my mentality, my mind has to be renewed. So what do they do? They Bishop Joe Prado gives me a computer. And that computer was used through Amazon. But after six months of use, they give them away. So that computer, it's like new. But it has already all kinds of data in it. So what do we have to do to it? Renew it. So it means get the old out and put the new in. So now it took everything out that it had before, and now I don't know what they used that computer for, brother, co-pastor. I don't know what they used it. I don't even know what they, what they saw in that computer. I don't know what it was through that computer. But when they took everything out, and then I started putting the Bible in there, I started putting all my files in there, that computer to me is new. Everyone say new. God wants to take everything old out of us and put something new into us so we can have a new perspective of things. He wants you and I to have a new perspective of new things, his things. What is it that he wants for us to know what is good and acceptable or what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God? Do we know the will of God for our lives? Do we know the will of God for our lives? There's only one way that we can do it is by what? By the renewing of our mind. And the only one that's got the power to renew your mind is the word of God. I said the word of God. He'll take the old out and he'll put something new into you. Someone shout hallelujah. Now, in, in, in 1 Peter chapter 1, now we see a different Peter. Everyone say a different Peter. Now he's talking about there is something ahead of him. Living for something. What are you living for? What am I living for? What are we living for, church? Huh? What are we living for? Now he's talking about there is something that we are part of. Because of God's resurrection, we're part of something new. And not only that, now we have an inheritance. What's an inheritance? What's an inheritance? It's benefits that are coming to us. It's benefits that are coming to us. An inheritance is something that's before us. Everyone say before us. All right. Amen. Brother Gajola, when you and I, Brother Gajola, when you and I pass away, we're not going to take nothing with us. Whatever you have, whatever I have, we have to leave it to someone. 
And someone's going to say, he left me an inheritance. Amen? Peter says, we have an inheritance. Now, let me tell you, when is the inheritance good? When the person passes away. Because my daddy has a house, but hey, it does me no good right now. It does me no good. That's my daddy's house. That's my daddy's house. And I love my daddy more than the house he lives in. But when he passes away, he's going to leave me what? An inheritance. Because in his will, I'm the oldest one. So that inheritance comes to me so I can divide it with my brothers. But this is what Peter now is telling us. We have an inheritance. It's a promise. And he says, it's, it's in front of us. It's before us. So now let me tell you something. Do you see what God has given to you? Do you see what God has given to you? Because Jesus Christ is no longer in here. No longer here. That's like when he prayed, he said, your will be done. Thy kingdom come, your will be done. When that will turns into reality is when? When Jesus Christ is gone, now we have the full will of God with us. So now, let us, let us pay attention to this because I'm not going to take much longer. But some people don't know how to enjoy the will that God has given us. The inheritance that God has given us. And Peter is talking of, uh, uh, and he's saying to us, hey, this will belongs to us. And this is uh, an, an incorruptible inheritance, undefiled, and does not fade away. Is reserved for us. Is for you and I. And I believe this, and I've said it before, and I'll say it again. You and I are already eternal. What a blessing, man. You know what? That doesn't scare me. Do I want to die? No, I didn't say that. I say death doesn't scare me because it's going to be better for me. That's what Paul tells me. So what I'm giving you right now is this. When you dedicate your life to Jesus, he will renew you. He will make you over. To be for you to possess something that he already given, he has already given you before the foundations of the earth. Someone shout hallelujah. So now we have to understand that. We have to go through all this. Do we go through trials? You better believe it. We go through trials. Do we go through temptation? To through temptations, you better believe we go through temptations. But it's not over yet because the best is yet to come. I believe it. The best is yet to come. When we're going through a valley, hey, we wonder, is God with us? Is God with us? No, I don't feel that God's with us. Let me tell you something. God's with us through valleys and to mountaintops. If we go there, he's with us wherever we're at. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. He will be with us to the end of time. He promised it, and he's not a man to lie, nor a son of man to repent. He will bring it to pass. Can someone shout hallelujah? Uh, can someone say hallelujah? So now, everything is based on what? Hope. 
Even our faith is based, is based on hope. We believe in something that we hope for. Our faith is based on hope. And that's the reason that Paul, or better yet, Peter, Peter is telling us, we've got to go through things like this. Yes, we do. But yet, what will hold us together is our faith. Everyone say faith. And our faith is glorious. Everyone say glorious. Our faith is more precious than gold. Gold perishes, but faith does not perish away. Perishes away because what they, everything we looked upon here on earth will fade away. But hey, hope does not fade away because it's based on greatness. Everyone say greatness. And that is God himself. Someone say hallelujah. Oh, now, Peter's telling us that we have faith in someone who we have not seen. We have not seen. And that's the living hope. You know, I say this all the time. When I met Sister Prado, she was 16 years old, many moons away, many moons ago. I met Sister Prado. I had never heard of her, not even through word of prophecy. She's going to come like this to church and this height. And maybe I was not that spiritual, but yes, I don't know. God never told me, her name shall be called Ophelia. Never. What I saw, I liked. And what I liked, I saw. And I said, thy will be done. Let your kingdom come. Listen to me. Because that's carnal. Everyone say carnal. And to be carnally minded is what? It's death. Because sometimes we don't, so we have to pray. Is this the right one? God, guide me, direct me. But let me tell you something. But this is what Peter says. Peter brings it out more clear. And he says to us, we have to understand this. That even though we have not seen him, we love him. <laughs> Whom having not seen you love. I've never seen Jesus Christ, but my hope is based on him. My faith gives me hope that this is true. So I'm in love with someone I've never seen. Someone whom I've never heard. And this is what makes it tough, church. Listen to me. This is what makes it tough because we're so accustomed to seeing. And we're accustomed to our five senses. We have to see to believe. We have to hear to believe. And God said, you are falling in love with someone that you've never seen. You've never seen. How many have seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? Have you seen Jesus? I'm not talking in a movie. I'm not talking in a picture. Have you seen Jesus? Hey, that's him. That's him. We don't have pictures of him. There's no pictures of Jesus. You know why we believe in Jesus? Because the word of God tells us. 
That's the reason we believe in Jesus and his word is true. And our faith is based on truth. So we believe in Jesus because the word of God tells us. But I don't believe in Jesus because of what he gives me. I don't believe in Jesus. I believe in Jesus for who he is. Because he's more than money. He's more than goods. He's more than the house that I have. He's more than the car that I drive. He's more than all these things. I love him for who he is. That even though I did not know him, he knew me before I was born. And because he knew me before I was born, he chose me. And he chose me because he knew what he was going to make out of me. And he chose you because of what he knew he was going to make out of you. And that's the beauty of the gospel. That's the beauty of the living hope. I'm here because I know that he'll never leave me nor forsake me. Because that's what his word tells me. I'm here because he promised to be with me to the end of time. I'm here because he's just God Almighty. And Peter is telling us, we have this blessed hope. We have this blessed hope. The thing is that sometimes we give up too easy. Because we're still in the religious mind. And the religious mind says you have to see to believe. And the religious mind tells you. Hey, you got to do this in order to be saved. And God tells me just believe. If you could only believe and just follow me. Out of you, rivers of living waters are going to flow. You are the person who identifies Jesus. And wherever you go, church of the living God, you're identifying a living God. Everyone say a living God. A living God. What are they seeing in you, Brother Ricardo? What are they seeing in you, Brother Sanchez? What, what, what are they seeing in you, Sister Wendy? What, what are they seeing in us? They have, to be, they have to believe, or better yet, see the hope that is in us. Wow, he's different. She's different. Why? Because there's a hope in us. There's a hope in us. There's a hope in us. And this hope never dies. I've been in this for over 45 years, 47 years I've been in this. And let me tell you something. It gets better and better every time. You know why? Because he proves himself. Say, prove himself. He proves himself. He's real. He's genuine. He's, he's God Almighty. And he says, hey, this living hope lives within you. Someone shout Hallelujah. Someone shout hallelujah. All right. So all we have within us, all we have in us is the fullness. Everyone say the fullness of the true evidence and the manifestation of God. You know what that is? It's called the Holy Spirit. That's within us. And if you have that, stand to your feet at this time. I'm here to tell you 
There's no better life than the life that Jesus has to offer. No better life. I'm a, pro uh, I'm a proven witness. Listen, you tell me, man, I tell myself, you're a spoiled brat in the arms of Jesus. I believe you. I believe in him. And sometimes he, I feel, have you seen those spoiled kids? They got, I mean, they've got everything. They've got everything. Huh? Seven, eight years old with the latest phone. Ten years old with the latest phones. Latest iPads. Latest whatever. Huh? They have everything. I said, man, they're spoiled. That's how I feel with my God. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. At his right hand, there's pleasures forevermore. Whatever I need, it's there. And Peter says, hey, now I am different. I'm not the Now I love him. Now I just don't talk the talk. Now I can walk the walk. Now I just don't say, I love you, Jesus. Now I'm willing to die. Exactly how Jesus died, Peter died also. But head downwards. Why, Peter? Because I love him. I'm a different person. I'm a different individual. I'm serious about this. I talked that I was willing to give up my life for him, not knowing what I was saying. I denied him. Not because I was a coward. It's because I did not understand Now, I'm willing to go all the way. All the way. Because of the full manifestation. is not just words. Now it's a manifestation. God wants us to understand that he wants you to manifest your love towards him. How much do we love him? How much are we willing to give up for him? How much are we willing to go? Or how far are we willing to go? How far are we willing to go? It's up to us to show this. And today, God is calling us to an account. You know why? Because he loves us. He wants you to enjoy him. He wants you to enjoy. How many of you enjoy Jesus? I can't, come on. How many of you enjoy Jesus? I said in our Spanish service, you know, the greatest thing for me is not to preach to you. The greatest thing is not to preach to the Spanish congregation. The greatest thing is not to preach to a convention. Uh, none of those things. The greatest thing for me is to be intimate with him. 
just me and him. In my bedroom, in my living room, when second's not there, when my wife's not there, sometimes my wife gets up in the morning at 5.30 in the morning, she takes off the prayer, amen, and for whatever reason I stay at home, I just get up and I just begin in my living room. That's my intimate time with him. I'm here to tell you, you want to receive the fullness of God, the greatness of God, is that intimate, more intimate moment that you spend with him. Get real with him. I want everyone to come to this altar right now. And so it is those intimate moments why don't you talk to him? Just tell him. I need you like I've never needed someone before. God, maybe I've let you down like Peter. I haven't been there for you. my actions you have seen me but today God Peter is reminding me and as he is reminding me he's telling me you have a blessed hope you have a blessed hope that is more precious than gold You have a blessed hope that can endure through trials and tribulations, that can endure through temptations. You have a blessed hope. And right now, Jesus, as we come before you, we surrender to you, God. And we want you to know, Jesus. We could never do it without you. We thank you. We love you, God, just because of who you are. Just because of who you are, God. Just because of who you are, God. That you look beyond our faults and you see our needs, God. Why don't you call out, to, call out to him? Just call out to him and say, God, I need you. I need you, Jesus. I've got to have you. I need you, Jesus. I've got to have you. I love you, Jesus. Oh. I worship and adore you. Oh.
that you bless me. For the crown of his head to the soul of his feet. Yes, God. I worship Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. I want to tell you, Lord, I love you more than anything. And I surrender all to you. And With hope.
leave it all to you with hope.